1: Here at DSW, we're getting back to our regularly scheduled program, living your best life. Whatever is on your calendar, you're going to need some really good shoes. That's where DSW comes in. Find Need Right Now sneakers, wear everywhere sandals, and everything in between from top brands like Adidas, Reebok, Steve Madden, and more. Shop now at DSW.com or a DSW store near you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor Podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron, and this week we are breaking down the men tell all and all of the things you didn't see on TV because my colleague, Us Weekly senior writer Johnny Mackey, was at the taping and she's got all the scoop. She also talked to a lot of the guys. I'm going to give you some highlights from her interviews. Hi, Johnny. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me. I want to just start with. Overall, how was the Men Tell All? How many hours was it? Was it stressful? Was it fun? Like, why didn't I get to see you in the audience? Why didn't you make out with Connor? Tell me everything.
0: (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah, it was a long day. Um, I showed up at 2.30 in the afternoon, my time, and I'm on the West Coast. And you go to the Warner Brothers lot, which was super exciting. If you've never been, it's definitely something people should tour. And I showed up and I thought it'd be great, which it was, but it was definitely long because I don't think we actually started filming the tell-all part until like six o'clock maybe. Wow. And it ended at 1030 and then we did interviews after that. So like I got home, I left at midnight off the lot. It's kind of scary, like walking by yourself by all these <laughs> weird know. sets, but it was, it was good. Um, you didn't see me because the press was in a press room. We were in this like giant studio which is very cold and there's a lot of air conditioning in there. And we were watching a preview of the episode and then we were watching the tell-all, but we heard all the outtakes. We knew they were around us. The men were outside of our little area the whole time. So they'd come in and out and you could hear them come in and out. So we were watching it, not the same as the viewers because we saw all the cuts, but it was, that's why we were hidden to the side.
1: Wow. That's kind of cool. So you were watching like the monitors.
0: Yes. So there was like a giant monitor which was kind of fun. And then it would go black sometimes you could still hear like they were all mic'd up, but only we could hear the mic'd up stuff. So I'm sure the audience probably didn't hear them mic'd up either as much. So we could hear like the giggles between Taysha and Caitlin, like trying to do another take and things like that. So we definitely saw a little bit more.
1: Wow. Okay. So it was like a over four hour taping and we watched an hour of it. But before we even watched that as fans, we saw Michael A., decide to leave Katie's journey which we have to talk about cuz that was really sad um and it really struck me just because the episode opened you know definitely on purpose with Michael A talking about how confident he was in his relationship with Katie him and Greg and Blake and Justin all just kind of chatting talking about you know hometowns and getting ready and then we cut to Michael A on FaceTime with his 4-year-old son James And this, like, heartbreaking conversation between a father and son, Um, some people were confused because they were saying, you know, Michael A. just had to wait a couple more days or hours or whatever, and his son could have been there. But from my understanding, he didn't want his son to be, you know, flying to New Mexico to film the hometown date with Katie, and he was never going to meet Katie, um, at least at this point in the competition. What did you think watching that FaceTime? Were you a fan of Michael A. and Katie while watching the show? Do you think he made the right decision?
0: Yeah, I think I was a little surprised at how serious Katie seemed to be when he did say goodbye. The fact that, like, when she did, I think she talked to the cameras and said, like, she saw him as, like, a potential, like, end game. And I thought that was a little crazy because, I mean, it's definitely one thing to find love in such a short time, but stepping into a stepmother role, she seemed so vocal and, like, open about it. So I think when Michael A said goodbye, it was in that moment that I was like, whoa, she's really into him because she was completely crushed. Um, it was totally surprising. I I feel like the week before with Andrew S leaving, that was a surprise then with this Michael A like elimination in a sense. It was just, yeah, it was a lot of goodbyes that I did not see coming.
1: You're like, how is Justin? I mean, I love Justin. I think he's really funny. But like, how is he still here?
0: <laughs> no, I, I'm shocked. I was like, wait, I, did she say the name right? It just, it felt like they didn't see, we're obviously not seeing what their connection is because the other two seem so much stronger. And I think if there wasn't, a kid in in Michael A.'s situation, maybe Katie would have fought a little bit harder, but I did like that she understood that he had to go, but yeah, it was definitely heartbreaking.
1: And he, you know, it was, it was interesting to hear him say, you know, you taught me how to love again. I think everyone's, you know, been talking about Michael A.'s quote unquote story, which he said, when you talked to him at the tell-all, he kind of pointed out like how it's not weird, but interesting that everyone keeps asking about his story because it's just his life, right? Right.
0: Yeah, and I I asked him about like how his in laws dealing with it because you can only imagine like there are so many things that go on on this show that you couldn't fathom your parents watching or your grandparents watching but then thinking of your in laws watching who are very much in your life still he said it was definitely very different and like being intimate or like kissing women outside of his wife were was very strange for them to watch let alone for him to be prepared to let them watch kind of thing. So, yeah. his story, which, or his journey, I guess is the better phrase, um, was definitely unorthodox, is what he always says.
1: Yeah. I also think it's interesting because there was this whole narrative, both with like Andrew S. and with Michael A, of, you know, like, I'll be waiting for you if this doesn't work out, which part of me gets just because, you know, you meet on this crazy television show and you do feel this connection and you think it's real, but you have to know there's other people involved and they, can only really judge their own relationship. So they're thinking, how could she have a better connection with anyone but me? Cause they haven't gotten to watch anything yet. But it's also like, if you, you know, aren't willing to stay, not that he, you know, really had a choice necessarily cause he wanted to put his kid first, but it, it's like, in what world do you want to go back to the person who didn't pick you either?
0: You know what I mean? Right. And I think that was the same thing with Andrew S right. It was even though I want to stay after I wrote you that letter, I realized that you didn't pick me. So ultimately you didn't pick me. So there's only so far we can go with that. And I agree, it's like the role reversal where Michael's like, I'm leaving. So how far is Katie willing to like take a step back? It's gotta be a hit to your ego, even if you understand it's an emotionally charged time. So I don't I don't know because I remember during the taping and I'm not sure if they showed like her full array of emotions, but when Caitlin brought up the fact that Michael was like, oh, I'm still kind of waiting. Um, katie's face was like that awkward like stunned silence very awkward uncomfortable laugh and it's like yeah no it's what's time is time you know it's time to move on like you can't look back kind of thing but you could see her face like she was like mm, it's probably not the time to talk about this it so, felt awkward on
1: tv i was gonna ask you if it felt awkward in person because they i maybe cut out some silence but she immediately it was like a very awkward like I, you know, the, uh, everything happens for a reason. She's clearly, whoever she's with, which we'll find out in just a few weeks, she's happy. And it was like, I know t- it's not Caitlyn's fault because she has to ask that. And like, it is this conversation. And Michael A almost looked like he had like a glimmer of hope in his eyes. It's like the Claire, Claire Crawley of it all, right? Like she gave everything up for Dale. Like maybe one of these guys was going to get it with Katie. But yeah. it was it was clear that, you know, it was awkward. And he also told you that he still like thinks about that day though. So I feel like Michael A pretty hung up on Katie
0: yeah I don't think Michael has moved on I think he I think he was saying like it's all about timing with her right like their time was cut short by choice in a sense but also in the sense like the fact that his son needed him which you could see based on that heartbreaking FaceTime. but I think with her the awkwardness like you could have cut that like silence with a knife like it was so everyone I feel like in the virtual like in the audience was like um are we supposed to say anything we're supposed to be super quiet because they obviously want to see what her real reaction would be, but she didn't know what to say. It was very clear that she's like, oh haha, ha, great. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like <laughs> maybe yeah. she, yeah, I'm I'm hoping she finds love if that's what like she ended up wanting with the last three. But if she didn't, it's probably not the time to be like, Yeah, I'd love to date you again, Michael a.
1: Right. So. Even if she even if she did want to, like, could she even be allowed to say that since we haven't seen the rest of the season? Like, if she's single, we can't know that. If she's exactly. engaged, we can't know that. So it's kind of a no-win answer <laughs> for her. Um, but I guess like kind of a loose end they tried to tie up. Um, I uh, She tweeted something. Somebody asked her like why she looked so uncomfortable and she kind of just responded like it is pretty uncomfortable to answer questions about your exes in front of your exes. Like when she's been talking about the show, doing interviews like with people like us, it's a little different than like when you're, you know, I, I think she was just uncomfortable. You could tell, um, which it- it's always interesting at the tell all because they only bring the lead out at the end. Because I guess they want to get through the drama, but I almost feel like we could have used her a little more because there was a lot of things to unpack, but we only really like touched the surface on everything.
0: Yeah, I would say I think that was one of the things I found the most interesting. Like sitting in the press room, being like, it was maybe, I might be getting the timing wrong, but I honestly think it was at least 9 30 or 9 20 before she even came out. And we were like, we've been here for at least three to four hours doing all this men's stuff. Shouldn't we be focusing more on her? So when she came out, I, One, I think she was pretty concise with her answers. I don't actually think there was as much awkward spacing as you might have thought. Like, I think that she was ready to answer whatever because she's made up her mind. Like, she's sent you home for a reason. She's done moving on. Or that's what it seems. And then you're like, they're grasping at straws at some point because you do want to have potential to have her on screen for way longer. But I do think that hers, realistically, was the shortest filming part because she was. It's like, oh, Andrew, do you want to talk to her? Oh, Michael, do you want to talk to her? Or Connor, do you want to talk to her? And they do for a second, but they're also crazy, which is great, obviously, a char- like a testament to her character. But then she'd be like, oh, thanks. <laughs> On to the next. So I think that was interesting, because I think they were hoping maybe she'd have more of a pull or maybe more unfinished business, but she seems very confident in her choices, whatever those may have been.
1: That's very interesting. Before we move on from Michael A and get into maybe some more of the drama, I did want to read your answer when you asked him about being The Bachelor because this is certainly something that a lot of people in Bachelor Nation are talking about. There's a lot of talk about him and Andrew S. And Michael A told you, I just got my heart broken like 20 minutes ago. I'm not really thinking about any of the any of that, they would have to change a lot. It's not the same show with me, not same season with me. Um, one, it's not been offered. And two, hasn't been any of those conversations. Three, I see a lot of risk and issues that are not of interest to me. I'm not easily flattered either. So the main thing if I do this is, do I think it would be possible to pursue love and find that again? I don't know. So it's kind of interesting because I feel like this conversation on who should be the next bachelor, it's like the fans always take it and run with it. But sometimes we forget that maybe the person we're talking about doesn't actually want to hand out the roses.
0: Oh, yeah. I was honestly like, I guess I was not super surprised that he didn't want it right away. Um, But I was surprised that he has like clearly thought about it. Like there would need to be a lot of changes. Obviously, he has a son. Like, what does that mean? And like, that was like my biggest thing. Like, okay, he was away from his son at this point he realized that like his son needs him he needs that face time like the physical time with his son what does that look like as the bachelor does he bring a son along does do does he have to wait until we're not in this pandemic taping where you're on location for that long like because i'm sure his grandparents need to be more involved in his life and i think that it really does change it but the fact that he's like there have been no discussions and i'm not easily flattered i loved that because i'm like you know what not everyone, like Trey had said earlier in the tell-all, like not everyone was there to be the next Bachelor. And Michael made that very clear when talking to us. So I, I thought that was interesting. And I didn't get a vibe from most of the men who came around during our interviews that they really were there for the lead focus. It, it kind of seemed like they were all pretty raw in their breakups, um, which I don't know. I don't know if I would have not expected it, but it kind of seems like you should be... You fall in, the lo- in love so quickly on the show, maybe you should fall out that quickly, but maybe that's not right. Maybe it really is the double the time, like people say. So that kind of seemed interesting with him. Um, yeah, he was very adamant about like, nah, like, it's not exactly what's going to happen. I would love to see him. I agree. I think that, like you said, a lot of them were champion for him. Like a lot of people want Michael A. He got a standing ovation um, from the crowd and his men when he was just up there on stage. So I think we'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah. That's all very interesting and a fair point. I think you know, they're not all there to be The Bachelor and they could be held up for Katie. But also, you know, we don't know what went down on Paradise. Some of those guys we're talking about, you know, could have had a connection in Paradise. Some of them are just maybe nervous to come on Too Strong since it was a major storyline this season of people wanting to be The Bachelor. So are they now maybe pulling back because they don't want to like look bad after that was like, Thomas got all the crap for that, which we'll get to. Um, but with Michael, I also, it is weird just as a viewer because I mean, we've had single parents, Emily Maynard, Jason Mesnick on the show before. But I don't remember ever like seeing the kid be not. A, I mean, it's a four-year-old. Like he doesn't even know what he's saying, and his he didn't even know what his dad was doing. He thought he was on a business trip, which was a you know a, a choice that he he made. But like, it's weird now for me as a viewer to know that much about Michael A's son. It's like I don't want him to leave a son either. Like it's it's kind of weird. I don't. I think they maybe set it up where now it would be awkward for us to be, like be rooting for him to go do this. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think that that was interesting too. Like when he talked to us, he, I like even asked him. I'm like, so was did it actually strengthen your relationship with your son because i know that a lot of times it's like absence makes the heart go fonder like when you were back like what was that like and he was just like so funny because he had talked about how i mean kids are resilient he's like yeah like that's fine but in the moment he got home he said his son was like so excited like to see him you know but then it went back to their day to day and it's like in a weird way it's like it never happened but also Mm -hmm. i think that with him He's like parenting comes first, so it doesn't matter if his son doesn't remember the fact that he made or never learns of the sacrifice. I guess you could say, um, because he's already had so much loss, and I think that was his biggest thing: is like it, it's not about me right now. Yes, I need my happiness, and that will make my son's life better. But it kind of pulled at my heartstrings, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want him to be a bachelor. I don't know if I want him to have to choose between such important things. But I also don't see him being at a loss for love, because as we all know, like Bachelor Nation, they all date within each other too. So there's no way he's not going to have someone sliding into his DMS, like asking, like, how's James doing? Can I see you (laughs) like all that? So I mean, he said he'd gotten a lot of positive feedback from fans and other people too about his journey and about being so open about Laura. So I think that there's already the start of that with him.
1: Definitely want Michaela to find the one. Just don't know if The Bachelor is always going to be the perfect place for someone to do it. But um, to get into some of the drama with the guys, we started out strong with getting maybe almost getting some answers about Cody and Aaron, who obviously fought during the whole season when Cody's like a couple episodes stint. Um, and we confirmed that they knew each other. But I had gotten conflicting sources from their sides of the world kind of telling me how well they knew each other. And I had one of their former bosses reach out to me saying they refused to actually be at events together. So there was kind of a lot going on behind the scenes with them that we didn't get to see on the show. And they almost went into it a little bit when Aaron said that, you know, he obviously followed Cody on social media pre-show and said that six months before they started filming, he you know, talked about how he wanted to be famous and he, that's kind of where he was stemming from that he didn't like him. Um, what didn't we see even more so with these two, including Cody, I know he made a revelation that he's talked about a little on social, but I was surprised didn't get airtime after, after talking to you from the taping.
0: Right. It was the, wow. Cody and Aaron were, they started kick things off. And it definitely was very much like going around the circles. So they, they, we got to the heart of the, and I guess kind of the heart of it when they admitted that they'd known each other for about a year living in San Diego. Uh And Aaron kept calling it like distractive behaviors. He was saying things like that. Like Cody has distractive behaviors, but then he would say like, he's bettered himself now and we're good. And so you're like, okay, I get it. But then even Taysha and Caitlin kept being like, I don't understand what you mean. Like, what do you mean by distractive behaviors? What are we missing? And I'm couldn't even count how many times the women asked that because they were just so confused about this like circular thing. And then I thought it was interesting before they clarified anything that like James came in hot and he was like, he apparently lives in San Diego now, oh. or he was currently living in San Diego at some point because he said, I've, I've been living in San Diego and I've heard of Cody's bad reputation. So I was like, okay, what it I, as the audience and everyone else was like, what bad reputation are we talking about? They did eventually touch upon the fame-hungry thing. He apparently said, I'll be famous in six months. Aaron alluded to the fact that he thought that meant he was talking about The Bachelor. Cody said or clarified that he said it was about something about his music. He works for a music label or something about a music. So it was kind of a lot of back and forth, like little here, little there. Um, I thought it was interesting because at some point, Cody admitted like it was just a buildup over time. He said, it wasn't like one thing. They just both didn't really see eye to eye. They didn't like each other. It was multiple things. Um, Then Michael A. chimes in and says that Aaron respects Cody's privacy, which again gets more questions than answers. And the women are both like, I don't understand. I'm still so confused. What can you tell me? And then he finally, eventually circles back and you see like, Tasha kept trying to pull Cody back into the conversation because a lot of the other men were like were they were confused either by it or they'd been with Aaron so much longer that they like thought they had Aaron's side like oh Aaron has an issue with you there must be something wrong there must be something you were hiding clearly it's about the fame whatever um and then Cody finally got to speak i think maybe towards the end of their dissertation which had to have at, least, at least been 30 minutes if wow. not longer um and he admitted And revealed, which he's later revealed on social media, but he said that he went after the show taped, he went to rehab for partying, is what he said. And then he said he was gonna be three months sober in a few days from our taping, which was earlier this month. Um, and then after that, Aaron said he's completely on his side and he supports him and he supports that what he did. And then Cody confirmed there is no bad blood. So I think that we kind of got to the bottom that in at some point there was a partying ways and It seemed as though Aaron didn't like the way he was treated. He didn't like the way that Cody had somehow disrespected people he knew. Mm. But they did talk about the fact that Aaron said like he would not go, he didn't want to be around bad energy. So he legitimately wouldn't go to certain things. Or he said the reason why the house was so hard or the hotel in this case was because he couldn't leave. So in San Diego, he admitted that like if he walked into a party and he saw Cody and he just didn't want to deal with it, he'd like make his rounds, say hi to his people and then leave. Um, but he said he didn't have that option here and so that's when Taysha and Caitlin were like but why would you need to leave if it wasn't something like huge whatever so I think it was just a year of tension just not liking each other to start and then maybe either a drunken or some kind of thing like that just led to Cody's actions not being on like on par with Aaron's type of person but they did really both appear to be like on good terms they weren't the ones arguing a lot of people were coming for cody which kind of was surprising but it wasn't really aaron it was just aaron was trying very hard not to share his secret and i think when cody told the audience like i've been sober then aaron was like that's what i've been talking about basically it was just not my story to tell and he later confirmed when he talked to us it wasn't his story they're all good and it was it was interesting
1: Yeah. He told you Cody and I are cool. He's apologized to me in a lot of ways for a lot of things. Maybe you guys didn't see what he did that made me not like him. Everyone does things for a reason. He was going through some issues and doing some pretty bad things because of those issues. And that's what kind of catalyzed him going into rehab. That's his business. I'm not here to share that without his blessing. I'll take the heat for people not understanding, but I'm glad he was open with it. I support anyone trying to better themselves 100%. Wow. I mean... I hope Cody's on a better path and it couldn't be happier for the guy. It's just so bizarre because I guess it's like, doesn't technically add anything. Cause it's not about Katie. Um, and Cody barely had a relationship with Katie. Cause he was on the show for such a short period of time, but to put them both on the show, to be from the same area, like I'm sure producers knew they had a history and to kind of tease us with it. And then still give us like not the right narrative was just confusing to me. Cause we saw Cody and Aaron fight for a couple minutes and then we switched to Carl, but meanwhile yeah. they're on good terms. And I feel like, Cody sharing that it just makes a lot more sense and answers more questions. The way they aired it just gives us so many more questions and weirdness.
0: Yeah, I I honestly when I was watching it, I'm like, okay, why are we spending so long on this? Like, either they're going to talk about it or they're not. But when we finally were able to pull out the information, I was like, this is interesting. I remember like starring it in my notes because I was like, this is fascinates me. Okay, so now we know that Cody was going through some personal stuff. Aaron had been on the other side of the like issue part. And he was trying to be a stand-up guy, but it kind of seemed like he was coming off as kind of like a jerk. Because you're like, just tell us what's going on. And I thought was really random is that Courtney, who like didn't say much during the tell-all, but he was like, he said since he left earlier on too, he goes watching it back, I didn't understand. He goes, I wasn't there long enough to be like, team Aaron. So he goes, I looked at it going like on the outside looking in, saying like, why are you being such a douche? Like, why are you being so like, why did Cody have to leave basically, and you get to stay? Like, he didn't understand it. So then I was like, I thought that was interesting, and then. Even Michael A. clearly knew more about it because when he was saying, like, he has respect for, like, a man's privacy, blah, 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 the whole rest of the men were, like, Mikey for president, like, so excited, like, with his, like, very politically correct statement. So I think that some of the men had, like, learned a little bit more about it, and they were all trying to be respectful, which in hindsight is great, and I, I agree with you, like, it wasn't about Katie, I get that, but... It, it really did kick off the season like this drama where you're like, why are they fighting? What on earth is happening? I just find it really interesting that a lot of the bachelors have or the bachelorette contestants have ended up in San Diego as well. So there's, it's not like it was going to fizzle out like the fact that Aaron is like going to be there. Cody is there. The fact that James apparently is there. So it, it's not exactly going to just be like gone and over. Yeah. So it was, yeah, I thought it should have been touched on a little bit more, or at least like clipped towards the end where like Cody tells that part of his side, like his side of his story, because it really did change your perspective on him. You're like, oh, I get it. He was going through some stuff. Unfortunately, Aaron was the recipient of all the negative, And he just didn't like that for a girl he liked. Okay, got it. Yeah. Like, why don't you just tell us that?
1: Here at DSW, we're getting back to our regularly scheduled program, living your best life. From finding excuses to hug all your friends, to checking that big hike off your bucket list, to embracing the return of wedding season, life is calling. And whatever is on your calendar, you're going to need some really good shoes. That's where DSW comes in. We'll provide the shoes, and you'll make them awesome. Find need right now sneakers, wear everywhere sandals, must have boots, and everything in between from top brands like Adidas, Birkenstock, Reebok, Steve Madden, and more. Head to dsw.com or DSW store near you to find your new favorite shoes. I noticed Mike P, the the virgin contestant, wasn't even there. Like they don't always even bring everyone to the tell all. And if they weren't going to give us answers about Cody, like why even have him there? Because it just oh, gave yeah. us. It was just confusing to me. Like the way they decided. And then meanwhile, Carl to like move it along. I feel like we spent so much time on Carl, and I still was just like, I don't really care. Like they, the guys got a bad vibes from Carl. You know, they, he clearly was stirring the pot and he was probably making an excuse saying like he was talking about Thomas. I don't think he really was talking about Thomas when he gave that warning. I think he was just stirring the pot and getting, and he got in over his head and now he was trying to, you know, cover it. But I feel like we saw a lot of that, which also didn't give us any answers. And like Brendan getting in his face, what was that like in real time?
0: Honestly, like I think Carl was the most like confusing thing. It was like even more so going around in circles. It's like these guys didn't know which fight they really wanted to like, which battle they were going to pick. And like, I think Brendan just got in such the heat of it. And I mean, he kept calling him fake news, like more times than I can remember. And then Carl, he like said something like, Oh, Carl, like, you're just basically at like, you want to be the host of the show, like you would always find your angles and stuff like that. And then like, Carl even goes like, I would be an excellent host. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. They were just very much each other's face. At one point, um, I remember like, Carl it it was either Brendan might have stood up first but then like Carl stood up and then like Trey stood up and just like all these people standing up and like meanwhile you have like the front row guys who were more of the guys who made it like longer and you Mm -hmm. have like Andrew S and Michael A just like giggling in the corner you have Hunter with like the thumb wars like with with Connor B like they're just like what is happening and why are we going around in this circle I just think it was so overdone and so unnecessary and no one really cared Right. I feel like Katie kind of made that clear during her time. Like, okay, Carl, like thanks for saying you're speaking your piece. Like that's on you. Like that's great. But then she's like, we weren't end game. You know, like we weren't gonna be the end. So like it didn't really matter. Like I sent you home for the greater good of the house, which probably in reality is what happened. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like stirring the pot was really just effing with her. And I don't know. So I theme- a theme.
1: A theme by the end was like their bromance. And you mentioned, you know, Hunter and Conner B having a thumb wart. You could feel the love between the guys during the takes and everything. Yeah, I think they
0: like, they were definitely each other's like biggest cheerleaders. Like they were super fun. They, yeah, I couldn't stop laughing at Andrew S laughing. Like he just couldn't stop giggling throughout the whole thing and sat right next to Michael A. And yeah, the fact that they all gave Michael A a standing ovation when he got off the stage, um, the thumb wars was hilarious because You could see like the camera was was filming different parts of it. And like even when people were having their upsetting times or like getting mad, you could tell the other guys were rallying around the one that like team whatever they were. But I, I, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting and they they were just funny together. They were definitely mingling a lot before and after. And they love each other. It's very clear. They when they were like the bloopers would play, like they just couldn't stop laughing at what they did. And they were very Adamant about the fact that they had a bromance and they be, all became better men because of Katie, which I thought was interesting.
1: Yeah, they had nice things to say about her too, which was it's always nice. I mean, you'd think that's what you would expect, but it's hard to ever really totally get what it would be like to be on this show. Um, and every once in a while, you could just tell they they could feel the love between each other and with her, with the exception of Carl. Um, but we need to talk about Connor B and this woman, Tara, who was in the crowd um yes. and first I want to hear because there's been some stuff that's come out since um and Connor's responded to some of it but first what were you what was like your take on like did it did he seem as surprised as he was he was he really surprised like did you see this woman walking around before like anything about that
0: yeah I mean <laughs> I thought it was interesting because it seemed like the cameras had panned to the audience like in her area um a little a couple of times before he came out um the what viewers saw was like a pretty clear cut from him talking about kissing and then right away her interrupting. And I think if I'm remembering correctly, there was a lot more dissertation between the two hosts and Connor before that happened. So, I mean, he was definitely, he talked more about how he dealt with the fact that he was told he was a bad kisser in a sense. He like joked that he got drunk on whiskey with his family and told them everything because he's like, I have to just tell you what went down he was saying like this kind of stuff and like Caitlin and Tayshia were just like cracking up because they were like, that's kind of what they would have done It's kind of, you could get that vibe. Like I agree. Am I a bad kisser? He didn't just talk to his ex-girlfriend he talked to someone else, like an additional person in the past who said, um, like he wasn't out of this world. And then his ex said he was good. So Damn. those were like, yeah, so it was just funny. And he was definitely cracking up and like putting out like zingers with them and just like being very like comical, which we came to expect from him. Right. And then you get the, like, oh, hi. Like, I'm blah, blah, blah. And I think that was interesting. I think the women hosts were more surprised than he was. Mm -hmm. But I thought, like, what showed, it appeared to be more authentic on his side, in my opinion, because he looked at the women and asked if he could go talk to her. Like, he looked at Taysha and Caitlin, like, asking for permission. Which I feel like if you... If on his end, he knew it was coming. I don't think he would have done that. I think he would have gone like more like, oh, let me just go get her.
1: Right. Um, in a COVID but, world. I mean, it's kind of a wild yes. thing going yeah, it was on. It a
0: wild card because obviously I had to go through a ton of COVID testing to be in the press room. Yeah. So I can only imagine what the viewers had to do in the audience. So I think that was like probably the consensus in the press room was, oh my God, like it's COVID. Like you can't do that. Like you can't just like go around kissing people. So that I thought was interesting. Um, his reaction seemed genuinely like surprised that either he was allowed to do that or that maybe it had been planted. I mean, obviously it was. I I don't know. It didn't feel like it was like a random person. It felt like it was someone that they were. The ABC team must have known was okay with doing it. Um, I, I thought I don't know. Yeah, like <laughs> I mean, yeah, it will. dash. he? Yes, he was mic'd up. And then also like the fact that he was like, oh, let's go for round two, kind of like one more for the road. Um, i don't know maybe it was just his like his personality where he's feeding into it but the men in the the rest of the men seem genuinely surprised and i yeah i mean i think what people didn't see too is that andrew s was the next person up to do the like his one-on-one conversation and what i found one of his like most charming moments was he walks up to the stage looks around him and goes zendaya like asking Uh is he gonna get a kiss like trying to pull a connor so i thought that was funny like He was genuinely like, what just happened? And how am I supposed to follow that kind of thing?
1: That is really funny. I loved him cheering for Connor too. So this girl is Tara Kelly. She's an aspiring musician or has a few songs out based on her Instagram. Um, She's really cute, obviously. And this central casting notice has popped up. Um, It was shared on Bachelor Nation Scoop's Instagram. I mean, who knows if this is like 100% what the note was or where this came from, but this says, hello, production is looking for a couple of women who may be comfortable to speak on the show. The scenario would be as follows. One of the guy cast members was accused of being a bad kisser on the show. At the end of the segment with him, a young, attractive woman, possibly you from the audience would stand up and say something to the effect. If I saw your kissing on the show and I think you're very cute and I know you're not a bad kisser. I'd love to put that theory to test right now. This woman would then either come down onto the stage to kiss the guy, or he would respectfully decline and perhaps accept a hug instead. Would you be comfortable possibly doing this? Um, So again, I don't know exactly where this note came from, but it's kind of circling the internet. And I also bring it up just because Connor did reply to Bachelor Nation Sweep on Instagram and responded, I mean, I didn't mind with like a shrug emoji. So obviously, you know, this is a television show. They pre-planned some bits. You see people in the crowd wearing cat costumes. You see that one girl like crying hysterically. The mental All audience has always been so bizarre to me. And this was just another example of something like weird and kooky and like I guess it was like it was kind of wild to watch like when I first saw it I was like what is going on and it was entertaining but looking back it just it does feel so like fake and stuff and I was joking I could see these two you know trying to bring back listen to your heart or start a YouTube cover since they're both musicians like I wouldn't be shocked if these two try to get something out of this you know what I mean
0: right and I mean I think that like the level of it was just like a full-on makeout session it wasn't even just like oh a kiss like on the cheek to be like oh okay like you know that I feel like seems a little bit more gentlemanly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I mean, I would agree, I think that she was definitely planted, but to what degree he knew, I'm not sure. Just because I know that afterwards I asked him, like, was that like, what was the most like OMG moment of the tell? And he's like, well, obviously that. Like if a pretty girl asks me to kiss her, I'm gonna kiss her, type of thing. And which seems understandable. But then it like brought up so many more questions too. Like, doesn't he go on paradise? Does he mm-hmm. find love? What's going on? Like it it was a lot of wow what happens next um, and yeah I think the fact that they're both musicians is interesting and yeah. ironic um, so I don't know I just think the wild reaction of his friends was probably the best like yeah like you go Connor like you got this and he he looked stunned that it was allowed I don't know if it was maybe like he knew ahead of time a little but he definitely looked surprised that he was allowed to make out with this person twice and then like gave her a rose <laughs> So I think that he was like, wow, I'm allowed to do this right now? Like, are you sure? Yeah.
1: Um, And part of that that, could be because he was on Paradise because that is kind of a weird little spoiler. Like, obviously, if he was with someone, I don't think they would love that. And we know he's one of the first people who shows up. So kind of bizarre. And you also asked him about, you know, like if he would be The Bachelor because he's been a popular, you know, fan favorite. And he told you he doesn't think he'd be prepared for that because he was flustered enough tonight after one kiss. I don't think he could handle dating more than one person, which I've had, you know. Connor doesn't necessarily do it for me. I think he's cute, but the the guitar is a little much for me, and the cat costume was a little much for me. But um, he has a lot of fans, and that was interesting that he, you know, said that to you and kind of recognized that maybe he wouldn't he wouldn't be able to handle it because he could barely handle this this Tara Kelly of it all.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think he's maybe he's just not leading man just yet type of material. I think that he's such a good friend, which is clear with the Katie scenario that. I don't think I agree. Like I don't think he could handle being flustered that often because that's what comes with this territory is you have to be able to like roll with the punches and you have to be able to switch and turn it on with all these different people. So I think that like people were rooting for them, I think in a sense, because like Connor and Katie were so cute together and they really did seem like they had so much going for them and they seemed like they had a chance at longevity. But Mm -hmm. I do think that like at a certain point with Katie, she was like the chemistry just wasn't there. And I don't, I think that like even like the red hot chemistry with this like Tara girl, like it's chemistry is right there right now. But like, Mm -hmm. it's also, you're, again, you're out of studio. Again, you're doing TV. You're not in the real world. So like how realistic are any of these romances going to be for him?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Something else that I noticed in your notes from the tell-all that didn't air was part of Jason Tartik's appearance. Um, Obviously we, I actually really enjoyed watching their, engagement video it felt a little random and again there was like a lot more we probably could have been discussing but it was super sweet you can't deny they are a very cute couple and a bachelor success story even though it's a little different how they met um but he was out there much longer than it seemed right
0: yes he was out there a very long time so after we had this surprise guest make out with connor there there was like more audience involvement and when jason was there Taysha was asking them, like, what are your wedding plans? Like, what's going on? Like, give us an update, which obviously Bachelor Nation wants to know about, but didn't learn about. And <laughs> um, Jason was like, you know, it's a process. We've been talking about it a long time, but he's like, I mean, in all honesty, like, I'd marry you today. And Kaylin was like, yeah, of course. Like, I'd marry you too, you know, like, super nonchalant because I don't, you kind of get that vibe from them that, like, they really could get married tomorrow. Like, they're kind of like, they're very chill. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, Jason had noted, like, the reason he, proposed in the podcast was because their first meeting was on a podcast and they have the documentation of it they have the the voice track and someday their kids can listen to that so now right. someday their kids can listen to the hilarious caitlin freaking out over getting proposed to him so he he was like yeah no like i would totally marry you today and then tage like why not like let's do it like you know like let's totally do it and you could have seen like if it- was like a ghost like caitlin's just like face was like what are you talking about like are you are you kidding like she probably asked him are you kidding like 10 times and he's like well i mean i guess we'd have to see if there's like an ordained minister and then of course in the audience there's like this woman who stands up and she's like i'm an ordained minister oh my god and the whole press room is looking around like this can't be happening right like there's no way they're gonna do this because it would completely overshadow like katie's story but then he was like, Well, I mean, like, we have the cameras, like, you look great, like, I look great, kind of thing. Like, we have the minister. And the woman was like, Yeah, I can totally do it. Like, I'm ready to go. They brought in like flower arches and like like oh legit God. arches. And, K- and Caitlin just kept being like, Are you kidding? And then she asked multiple times, like, Is our family here? Like, where is our family? Like, are they here? Like, where are they? Poor Caitlin's like, 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 I've
1: waited a while to get married. Can't I just have a real wedding and not a TV one? Yes, exactly. And she's like
0: panicking because obviously we know she's from Canada. And with with COVID, there's been so many border issues. I don't think she's actually seen her parents in a really long time. So she was like freaking out. Like, are they here? Like, are they here somewhere? Like looking around, like freaking out. Like, are your parents here? Because like, there's no way in her mind they're getting married without the family. And Jason kept sidestepping it. Like, well, we have flowers. We have this. We have that. Like, we have an audience. It'd be great. Like, whatever. And then he was like, no, I'm like totally kidding. Our, our like parents are not here, but like we're not getting married. But like 2022, like are you ready to the ordained minister? So it was just like this elaborate thing. And he ended up saying it was a prank because apparently Caitlin pulls a ton of pranks on him. And he's like, I wanted to finally get her back. And she was so flustered. And afterwards they had to do like, they tape a lot of those in-betweeners, like the sign offs, like, oh, we'll see you later. Or tune back in. And she probably had to do it multiple times because she was so like, I can't believe this just happened. Um, So excited, so upset, but also like loved the whole part of it. Mm. So she, I mean, they're definitely not getting married at least until next year is what they were both saying, but the joke was not lost on her. She was definitely so confused and also kind of into it, like would have probably done it if her parents showed up. So I think that was like the funniest part. You're like, oh, she's like ready. Like, but it's just, she just wants mom and dad there, which is totally understandable.
1: You also talked to Caitlyn and Tasha as your on your press line. Um, did they say anything that stood out to you? I know she confirmed to you that their wedding plans are going well. They have the guest list, they have the website, the date is set. Probably going to be in Nashville. But Tasha is more so, you know, waiting to marry Zach, from what I understood.
0: Yeah, I think it was pretty clear that like Tasha's relationship is still fairly new in comparison to Jason and Caitlyn. So they seem like they're just definitely doing the dating thing because you obviously don't date as long. And as we know, like Tasha's season was much shorter than a normal season. So that I thought kind of tracked like, okay, like you should be dating and like they love New York and they're having a great time. Um, I thought that like, Kate- I had asked Caitlin and Tasha about, um, Ashley I and Jared fin- announcing that they were pregnant and it was just very clear, which I think Caitlin has said before, like, she's all about baby fever. So she's been wanting a baby. And she was like, the moment where we say I do like that baby is like, we're going. So I think it was pretty honest conversation with her. And I liked that she said, like, it's up to God at this point. Like, she's hoping for multiple children. She would love to have, like, I think she said three. Um, but she was very honest about I'm not getting any younger. And when I've met my person, which is great. So when we start having a family, like any blessing. So I think that the two of them, her and Jason are such a solid foundation at this point. And I think that they took a weird way to get through it, to get from Bachelor Nation. But I liked that the most about her. And I think when it came to this season, I thought what was the most interesting is they both teased that they were more surprised by the upcoming eliminations okay. instead of what has already happened, which I think most of Bachelor Nation is pretty shocked about the past two eliminations. So the fact that they're surprised more by who gets, let's go, gets let go next um, has me very much wanting to tune in and yeah. see what
1: happens. Katie also told you, um, and she said this before, um, non-traditional ending. So we asked you you know, to ask her what if she could tease that anymore. Katie, you said she's concise in her answer. She always is in interviews as I've done with her too. Um, but she told you, I don't think this has ever happened. I'll say that. So that's a first and a shocking ending. So I'm very curious to, I mean, because we've had a lot of different things happen. We've had jumping fences. We've had, you know, <laughs> the runner-up maybe take himself out of the running. I think that was, or maybe at least third place with Brooks and Desiree. Like, we've had a lot of, you know, plot twists here. So I don't know what she could possibly be referring to, to be honest.
0: I'm wondering, because I I'm, I'm, might be wrong. My, I've watched Bachelor Nation from pretty much the beginning, but I don't remember if we've ever had a bachelorette not pick anyone. I know we've had had, a man. Yeah. Yeah. I know we've had the guy, but I'm kind of wondering if something goes on where she's just like, I'm actually out because I think that would be a first for the women. I don't think it'd be a first for bachelor nation, but I do think it'd be a first for the women. So that's like kind of, I don't know. I'm hesitant because her demeanor is so calm and collected, but I didn't get like this vibe of, I'm so madly in love like she's been very honest about like I'm happy with the way it turned out everything turns out the way it's supposed to turn out but like we're on the same like wavelength we're very similar ages as her and I just I feel like it's a woman who has collected herself is confident in her choice but I think her choice might be her I don't Mm. know that's just the vibe I like got from her like she seems so genuine excited and she said she's like gonna be everyone's like wing woman and she's ready to champion all these men But she didn't, she doesn't look like she's pining over any of her exes. And it also doesn't seem like she's like overtly like, oh my God, I'm so in love. Like, you're going to see it. Like, it's going to be great. Like, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was always interesting to see the way they answer those questions because they obviously can't really like say anything. But even from the beginning, like when I talked to her at the beginning before the show even premiered, her answer was everything happens for a reason. That being said, I'm happy. And that was kind of what she went with tonight last night on Mental All, too, which. Doesn't necessarily check out to, I mean, sometimes they say I'm in love. Sometimes they say I'm engaged. Sometimes they say yeah. whatever. This was just, I'm happy. And it would be, you're right. We saw Brad Womack do that, but not a, a female. So maybe, maybe, and we saw her threaten to quit. And maybe so she really does get on the plane. I don't know. I am intrigued though. And there's only two episodes left. Sometimes they spread this would be out three more, but they are doing it in two, which is interesting. Right.
0: I'm thinking the the most interesting part I think about this long finale is going to be the check-in after. Because mm. I know they're going to drag it out, which they always do. Like, the actual, like, how long is it possibly going to be? But I'm interested to see what interview they do with her, like, the now. Like, really, where are you now? Like, when you were there, maybe you do walk away with someone. Are you still with that person? And is that why you're, like, everything's good? Or did you pick someone and you're not with them anymore, but you're confident with that? You're fine with that? I think the aftermath is going to be the most telling thing. Um, Like, where is she going to be living? Where What is she going to be doing there? Like, is she going to be pursuing a career in bank, like banking again, like, or is she a hundred percent, like I'm starting over with everything?
1: Yeah. Very interesting. Um, it reminds me, I screenshotted this yesterday, Maddie Pruitt from Peter Weber's season tweeted, never trust your tongue when your heart has, is wounded hush until you heal. And Katie replied and said, should have read this before AFR, which one tells us that they already filmed after the final rose and it won't be live. And two that. I guess she has some choice words with with someone, whether it would be Greg, Blake, or Justin. I think a lot of people are wondering what's gonna happen with Greg because there's been all these, you know, allegations that he's he's an actor or he wanted fame and then he kind of loses it in the promo too. So I think some good stuff to come. And I'm hoping because I mean the season has been solid, but I just love when the endings go go awry. I love a happy ending, but I also kind of love when they go awry. I always want what I can't have. That's my big yeah. takeaway.
0: I'm I'm honestly, I can't really peg it. Like I feel like I go one way one day, and then I'm like, ah, I don't know. Maybe she does find love. When she has a really great poker face. I don't know. She's been very non-committal in a sense, but then also like very stern about her answers. So it really could go either way. Um, I do think the vibes I got from her is like her next phase, whatever that is, she's like totally ready and she's already started. Like the wheels are in motion of whatever she's doing next, and. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means moving with a boyfriend or a fiance or if that means I'm like all about it and I'm hanging out with my friends and I'm not worried about men for a while. So it could go either way with her.
1: Well, all of your interviews and coverage are being um, posted on usmagazine.com throughout this week and we have a lot of stuff is up already and there'll be more to come. But is there anything that was your favorite either quote or takeaway from talking to the guys, Katie or Tasha and Caitlin before we sign off here?
0: yeah i'm i'm honestly at this point i'm definitely team andrew s for the bachelor just because when we started our interviews it was like 10 30 at night and i remember i was right at the front of the line when the men would walk in um who we got to speak to and i i must have been staring off into the distance i don't know what i was doing with my facial expression but andrew (laughs) came straight up to me and was like are you okay you know? Oh my God. And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. It's just, it's been a long day. And he's like, oh, it has, but we're going to get through this kind of thing. And it was just like that personable side of him. And then when we were speaking, he, the fact that he just continues to talk about these rom coms, like he's not faking it. Like he genuinely thought that, like, when Katie ran up to him, it was like a moment out of a movie and he just loved it so much. So I just think that, like, when he talked to us, I asked him, like, what his favorite rom com is or, like, which one he'd want to be in. And I just loved his answer because he legit was like, oh, last night I watched one and I like laughed. Uh, he said, I laughed my face off when he watched four Christmases with Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. Great and movie. he said, yeah. And he said, I would absolutely be in Vince Vaughn's role. Like he said, <laughs> I think that would be great. And he, he goes at the end, he goes, I just love how they come to terms that how much they love each other. And they, they know they can make it work. And then he goes, just kiss and like walks away. And I'm like, what had just happened to me? This man is just so charming and he's so authentic. And I know that he hasn't, he also told us he wasn't 100% confident that like he could handle being the bachelor, but the fact that he throws in these rom com moments and it just makes you feel like, but he needs this. Like he needs to be this leading man for us as America needs it. So um, <laughs> I just thought that his like authenticity and his like rom com obsession was just so freaking cute. So he was definitely like a highlight for me, I think. Caitlin and Tasha being really cute together like they're very in sync, which I think could bode well if they decide to keep them as hosts Um, I also liked that Katie told me that they have like a group text and that Caitlin's been very Helpful in how to navigate post bachelorette And I think that's key since she obviously went through a public breakup way later after that Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's kind of telling that that's the person she's leaning on through all this is kind of interesting
1: Wow. That is so good. I also love that um, Andrew S. told you, you know, he didn't go to Paradise but maybe he'll walk into a grocery store and meet his person. Like he kind of has that just mentality. I talked yeah. to his cousin Clay a few weeks ago on this show, um, and he obviously had nothing but great things to say about his cousin. But also just you know pointing out that he's like a hopeless romantic in a in a great way that maybe the show needs because the love stories you know sometimes they're they're few and far between. We've had a we've had some success recently, um, but 2020 was also a very big year for bachelor breakups. So 2021 it should be interesting to see how these shake out because you know, we have a lot of engaged potential couples. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we're about to get a whole new slew of them from paradise and you never know how that's going to work out. So I can't wait. But Johnny, thank you so much for going to the mental all for joining me and for all these great interviews. Um, and I you can come back anytime to us weekly here for the right reasons podcast. Awesome. i
0: love it. Anything bachelorette and bachelor, I'm willing to talk about anytime.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Thank
0: you.